They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Down anymore, man. <laughs> Welcome in episode 94, Train and Gross. Mm-hmm. B Train, Bertrand Berry, Mike Gross, Sean Crespin coming to you once again from the beautiful Train Station Studios in downtown Phoenix. Thanks for finding us. Wonderful to have you aboard as uh, we are deep, deep into the NFL playoffs. But before we do, uh-huh. and you saved us a week ago when uh-huh. we did this, episode 94. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You got you got any thoughts on this? Uh, I looked it up this week because I dropped the ball last week. It's a tough that, one. That's a, my job. It's a tough one. Ninety four is, is is kind of a tough one for me. Uh, Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware, yep, absolutely solid. Cam Jordan, current player. Uh, Arizona's I, own Cam exactly. Jones. I gotta I gotta Cam find Jordan. it here. There's only one player in the foot, Pro Football Hall of Fame that they identify as a wearer of number ninety four. Wow. And that was Charles Haley. Wow, how did I forget Charles Haley? Five times Super Bowl. Yeah, champion. that's terrible. That none of us that should have jumped in. That should have jumped some, right one of our heads. Line. One of the three, especially of us. mine as a defensive end. Like yeah. that should have that should have been right at the, at the front. But so we'll do episode ninety four and say Charles Haley. Charles Haley. Charles Haley, most definitely. So I wrote that down so I didn't forget. Like one of the most week. interesting men in all of pro football history. Why is that? A guy that just was a free spirit, spoke his mind, did not care what other people thought. And his teammates had a ton of respect, but a lot of his teammates feared him. Wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but he was a little off. And people were wow. – they, they, they didn't quite know how to approach him. And at the same time, though, when you watch a lot of these NFL uh, films, 30 for 30s, whatever, uh, Troy Aikman talked about how his presence on that Cowboys team is what put them over the edge. Steve That's Young correct. and them talk about mm-hmm. the exact same thing so that – that off-kilter little bit mm-hmm. personality mm-hmm. really – He galvanized you, those You teams. ask both those teams, they'll tell you that he, that personality and his play on the defensive side really is what got him over the hump. Second in all-time Super Bowl wins, mm-hmm. only the Tom Brady seven. Well, and I was just going to say that. It's like you're looking off my paper here in school. Yeah. When I Googled this, just to double-check my work, there's a picture of Charles Haley with the rings. Five. And it was – Five was, of them. He was Tom Brady before Tom Brady was doing That's it with the, the right. whole hand. That's right. And small school. You know, this is not, you know, big times. He came from James Madison University. Which goes to show, to all those young people out there listening, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. If you go out there and you play and you put in the work, they will find you. If you know what you're doing and you go out and you do it to the best of your abilities, it doesn't matter how many likes you have. It doesn't ha- matter how many offers you get. Just go out, put in the work, put your head down, and grind, and you will eventually get exactly what you want. A hundred percent. And, you know, we've talked about this on our show. We had them mm-hmm. back in the day when we were doing yeah. it. Uh, uh, you know, guys that come out of the small schools, off the beaten path. Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. I'm thinking we had Danny Woodhead on the show. Danny Woodhead. Had a nice career coming out Absolutely. of Shadron State. Wow. In uh, the panhandle of Nebraska. Couldn't find it with a map. Wow. And he had a very nice career. You uh, may have trouble with v- uh, GPS. Uh, you may. Find I, out. I've been there, and I would agree <laughs> with you 100% on that. So you're, you're 100% right. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter where – I like that. doesn't matter where you start. It's where you finish. That's right. All right. Uh, here we are. We're set. We mm-hmm. have a conference championship weekend upon us. We are recording this midweek mm-hmm. leading up to uh, the games this weekend. You've got the 49ers at the Eagles. 
uh, and the Bengals at the Chiefs. And I, you know, I think definitely in the NFC, I don't think that's a surprise. Mm-mm. You know, when you talk about holding form in terms mm-hmm. of the top seeds making it, Charles. Bengals, Chiefs. I mean, you know, we can talk about the Bills and how they didn't get there. You know, the, the Bengals had some kind of little chip on their shoulder that that they exercised. But you know, you look back at that weekend, and it was another. You know, if you're the NFL, the product, you know, getting people engaged, uh, the home run, the, home, the Jaguars Chiefs. I mean, the home Jaguars, run. if you're a Jaguars fan, you lose, of course, but you got to feel really good about where you're headed right now. You travel out of Florida, you go to Kansas City, play the Chiefs within seven as, uh, as you're eliminated, but you got to feel good the way this season ended, particularly after how bad the previous year was. Mike, this is, could be one of the best years in pro football history. And I say that because of this. All four of these teams are likable teams. Mm -hmm. You can't find a fault in any of these teams. There's a great story with every team. You break them down, you go to quarterback, all four quarterbacks are likable. You can root for those guys. Mm -hmm. You root for the teams. You look at the coaches. The coaches are all likable. There's nothing really to not like about any of these teams. And when you start talking about the quarterbacks themselves, this will be the youngest average starting so quarterback young. foursome in NFC in conference championship history. So young. That is if that is if that's not a telltale of the future is now, yeah. and a lot of those old heads are gone, the Brady's and, and the Aaron Rodgers, those guys are moving aside, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see right before our very eyes the changing of the guard as far as quarterback in the NFL. A lot of these guys, most of them are, are basically 24, 25 years old. By the way, the same age as Stetson Benson, but we're not going to talk about that. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but uh, th- these guys are young. They're gifted. And, Mike, they're only going to get better as time goes yeah. on. Uh, we'll get to the quarterbacks in a minute, particularly one uh, you know that we have a local interest in. And Sean course. and I were talking about this before we started recording. But I want to talk about the last game of the weekend and mm. just the – even before the game started, the atmosphere around that game. And we talked about it on the podcast, you know, going back to the future with the Cowboys and, and the 49ers. 49ers in the Bay Area, you know, the uniforms, the way they painted the field. And it just had that feel of – Late 1980s, 1990s championship football up there. All that was missing was Pat Summerall and John Madden. Yeah, That's all that was missing that because it had everything that you wanted. It had the, the, the logos that you recognize. It had the tradition that you recognize. You had two teams that have a, a, a wealth of history as far as yeah. Super Bowl and competing at, at, at this level. And the quarterback stories were abound. Mm. Even <laughs> when you think of Dak Prescott, there was no shortage of stories about Dak Prescott. Then you go to Brock Purdy, my goodness. And, and the fact that the game played out like it did, Mike, the NFL absolutely won. Th- this was as good of a two-week stretch for the NFL as I can remember in recent history. Let's talk about Brock Purdy. Let's talk obviously, about the, lo- the local angle. Perry. Right? Perry Perry's High School. Own. Yeah. And then obviously went on to Iowa State. Stellar career there. Yeah. Last man selected in the NFL draft. Mr. Irrelevant. And, you know, Sean and I were talking about this. You look at him and, like, if you just isolate it on the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's a youngster. He's played eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people look at this as a disrespectful term, but I don't think it is. He's managing this well. When the story of the 49ers is the fact that they have Brock Purdy. Right? They found him, and they, they, they put him on that roster. And they needed him. And, and they ultimately needed him after the two men in front of him went down. Mm-hmm. But, but the other side of it is the rest of that 49ers roster. The, you know, what, what John Lynch has done. And t- we, we knocked the Cardinals. We talked about roster construction. Yeah. And you look at the way this team is put together right now, 
and then you've got a general manager that works with his head coach. The general manager gets Lock these step. guys. Lock and step. And they, he coach coaches them up. them up. Mike, I, I think when you start talking about coach of the year, you have to look at Kyle Shanahan. The fact that he's doing this with a third-string quarterback, a rookie that was the last pick of his own draft, Mike. Right. So the fact that the San Francisco 49ers are a team that is built to withstand a a quarterback that's young and inexperienced, mm -hmm. they're the most quarterback-proof team in the NFL, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch put this roster together with the thought of a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Trey Lance being a quarterback, they knew that they were going to have to have a team that yeah. could, could thrive with, without great play from that position, where most teams, they're so dependent on that position that if that guy were to go out, their hopes are dashed immediately. I, you have to give them credit. I think one strong consideration for executive of the year Absolutely. for John Lynch, with you know a, a, a slight nod to to the general manager of Seattle for that whole coup. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, then coach of the year for Kyle Shanahan to be able to get to this point with a quarterback, third string quarterback that is on the cusp of getting to a Super Bowl as a rookie. And and you as a former defensive player, you look if you're lining up across from this offense. Take Brock Purdy out of it for a second. You look at those wide receivers. Scary. You look at that tight end. Scary. And oh, by the way, October time frame, right before the deadline, you go get Christian McCaffrey to add to that. And, and Elijah Mitchell's no slouch either, right? It's an so embarrassment it's, of riches, Mike. How, if you're a defense, how do you prepare for that? I mean, you really have to try to take away. You have to go kill the head. If you're going to kill the snake, you got to chop off the head. And uh -huh. the head right now is Brock Purdy. But – the 49ers know that, and they already have a system built in to where even if you chop that head off, they're still going to be able to move because yeah. they've got so many guys. Yeah. You can throw five-yard outs all over the field, and it could go 50 in a heartbeat. Well, the good thing is their defense is terrible. Uh, wait, no, 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 it's uh, not. Number no, one no, defense, no, it's number one defense the in the league. And, yeah. and you look at With every the defensive player of the year. And you look at every level of that defense. From the secondary, they got that kid at safety now who yes. he, he looks like Troy. Troy. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. He yes. plays like him. He says Absolutely. it's his mentor. Yeah, kid's Absolutely. amazing. You got Bosa. The linebacking Green core is probably and, the best yeah. in the league. No doubt. Like, what do you do against this football team? Like we were, Gross and I were talking before we started the show. They're bullies. I don't remember a team that was this put together in recent memory. Can you think of one? I mean, you, you, you both sides of the ball. Oh, mind the, but you, no, no and, and while the Cowboys you, were trying to figure out whether they could kick a field goal or not, they, they uh, look in their history to get Go back, go back to the trophy case and look at some of those 95s and 94 94 and 92 championship games. Look at the, the, yeah. the, those were the teams that reminded you this is, of those four. This is insane. I mean, even the special team side, like I was going to say, the Cowboys couldn't decide whether they could trust their kicker out there or not. Robbie Gold's never missed a playoff. Field goal. Or at PAT. I, I mean, it's insane. Never. This team is just insane. It's ridiculous. What do you do? But I'll tell you this, and maybe I'm jumping the gun on your notes there, Gross, but this Eagles team, they, they can beat you up too. They're right there with them. They're, they're, if you look at this position groups, they're right there with them. And the quarterback. Hey, this will, I, I don't know if I've anticipated a conference championship weekend more yeah. in recent history than I have this one because of the fact that as good as San Fran is, Philly is equally better, and you've got to go to you Philly. you got to go there. you got to go there, yeah. you got to go there. What's hey, that like? You tell me. To go to Philly? Philly is one of those cities where they don't care who you are. They will cuss you out no matter what. Yep. And it's not personal. Like, can you imagine being cussed out and it's not personal? Right. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. When you go to Philly, they will cuss you out, and they don't have anything against you whatsoever. 
You're just not one of them. Eli yeah. was talking about that on. I love the Manning cast on Monday nights, and they did they did their last mm-hmm. one. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe they, the, maybe they did the playoff they game, did. Like, wild, they did the, the, the Monday night wild card game. Yeah. And Eli was saying how he was going to go to the Giants Eagles game the next weekend, mm-hmm. and Peyton was like, "You're you're." You're, you're, sure you you're asking that? for it, and Eli's yeah. like, "Yeah, I know. I'm going to get more fingers than anybody's." You know, wow. Uh, you know, not you know. Never mind. Wow. I gotta be. I gotta explain myself a little bit more. More middle <laughs> fingers than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> you still might have to explain <laughs> some words. You know, I was going to uh, give you the clout. But anyway, Eli was going down those. <laughs> he's going down those roads too. Well played. Yeah, Mike. well played. Well played. The 49ers <laughs> catch a break in that uh, <laughs> as tough as it is to go to Philly, mm-hmm. at least the weather won't be an issue. It's supposed to be in the 50s and sunny. And I don't know that the weather would have necessarily bothered the 49ers, but take that off the table as a potential issue. Mike, these are bullies. Yeah. You, you, you look at the San Francisco. When they step on the field, they look like a team full of bullies. Like they just want to beat you up. They like a physical type of party. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are from 1 to 50 or 46, whoever's suited up. Even the guys that aren't suited up look like they're ready. Yeah. Like you don't want it with them either. And Sean and I were talking about this before where, you know, the question out there now, and we talked a little bit about this, is Brock Purdy the future of the 49ers? And that's a debate. You know, they want to get through this and answer it. But part of this is a business, right? You can't Mm -hmm. ever forget that. Absolutely. And you've got Brock Purdy on that rookie contract, and you look at what we just talked about. you got Trey Lance on a rookie contract. Well – Yes, but I, I know what you're saying, but for the purpose of this conversation, uh-huh. the 49ers need that, okay. whether it's tra- if it's Trey Lance or if it's Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. because of everything else they've got going on. they got no draft picks left, so you don't get that cushion. You don't get that draft pool to come in. No, I'm sorry. Keep it together. Keep this yeah, core no, I, together. I know what yeah. you're saying. So, I mean, you pay $40 million for a quarterback. These, some of these pieces are going to have to go. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the point where – Right now, Brock has a, a cap hit of somewhere around eight hundred grand next year. Right. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And, and so, so the question is, it's not a one-year thing with this. If you can hold it together, this just becomes a continuation one year to the next while you've got that, I think. Because, again, going back to what we talked about, keep it together. Like, yeah. And you saw with the Rams how quickly it can fall apart. So enjoy the success while you've got it. So when you start talking about that, Mike, the Eagles are the antithesis of that because now you're looking at a team that is just as talented as yeah. the San Francisco 49ers Plus, they've got two first-round picks, Mike. Remember, at the beginning of the year, they were talking about would they use one of those first-round picks on a replacement for Jalen Hurts. I don't think they're going to be using that on a quarterback anytime soon. So now, a team that is already deep from top to bottom gets two more first-round picks this coming year. That's absolutely insane to think that a team that that is this good can get that much better with young talent at the bottom of their roster. It's absolutely insane. You have to give the Eagles – and the 49ers a lot of credit, yeah. and this is how you construct a football team. Yeah. These two organizations are shining examples, along with, with that we're going to talk about in, in a few, about how you build programs to last and organizations that are built to last. The Bengals and the Chiefs, and the, and the Bengals took some grief from the Bills talking after they lost, saying, I don't want to be so bad where I can draft wide receivers like that. That was the general manager's comment this week. You know, how'd that work out for him? Yeah, kind of salty after the fact. Yeah, how'd, how'd that work out for yeah. him? I, you know, Mike, here's the thing about Joe Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are a great story because they give every team in the entire NFL hope. You can be a down-and-out, moribund franchise, mm-hmm. and you can get the right guy to come in, and he can change everything. Joe Burrow has, came, has come into that building – and he has changed 
everything about the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike, they have an indoor practice facility. Let me say that again. The Cincinnati Bengals have an indoor practice facility in 2023 because of Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, they didn't have one. They didn't have expectations of playing in January and playing when it was freezing cold. Now they have the expectations of playing in the freezing cold weather and having to prepare for the freezing cold weather and not putting your team in harm's way. That's all Joe Burrow and, and a lot of the draft picks that they've they brought in in the last two years. 100%. And, and you talk about franchises and you describe the Bengals really, really well. You know, and take heart if you are a, a, fam, a fan of the Ford family, Detroit Lions, mm. or the Browns, or dare I say, the Arizona Cardinals, where you have these family-owned franchises that, I mean, like the, Bill, I mean the Bengals when you were playing, oh, right? I mean, they... Their reputation Oof. in the Brown family? Uh, I mean, come on. Uh. Uh, real quickly, I want to go back to that point that I made about the, how, how the Bills are kind of salty after the fact. And I don't know how you make this comment after you lose in your own building in that round of the playoff. You, just, you should just be quiet and go away for a little while. Absolutely. But Bills GM Brandon Bean calls out the Bengals. He goes, I don't want to suck bad enough to have to go get Jamar Chase. That was his comment this week after losing to, uh, could to be those the same Bengals. dumbest thing I've ever heard because – yeah, you're not trying to be that bad, but if you have a guy that can change the, the, the course of your franchise, uh, yeah, you go get him. Uh, when you say stuff like that, that that's just sour grapes, and, 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 it, and it comes off as small. Mike, be happy for a team like the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals because if you're a fan of that team, you've suffered for so long, Mike, yeah. and you've, you've had to endure – Bad season after bad season after bad coach after bad general manager after bad out. I mean, it, everything about the Cincinnati Bengals was just bad. Yeah. And you draft a young man coming out of LSU. And this is a, a great kudo to, to Denny Green. Denny Green was a guy, the late great Denny Green, my former coach. Denny Green was a guy who believed as far as the draft was concerned, one, you draft captains guys that were leaders on their teams and you draft from God or from programs that won championships Mm -hmm. because you didn't have to teach them how to win. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, you look at Jamar Chase, you look at Joe Burrow, those two individuals and T Martin, those guys have won championships. They've got rings on their fingers. So when you get to these type of games, Mike, it's not like they've never been there before. They've been there and they've done that. Yeah. It was on a different level, but there's something to be said about a guy that has experience in big moments where the lights are the brightest, they're not, it's not going to be too big for them. They're not going to piss down their leg, Mike. They're, they're going to be a team that's going to show up and show out when the moment's the brightest. And, and with Joe Burrow, everybody keeps talking about that warm-up throw where he's spinning mm-hmm. after he lets it go. Everybody wants to be Joe Burrow, Mike. Everybody wants to make that throw and do that move. Because I'm telling you, there's at least a million kids and a, a half a million adults that went outside – this week and tried that with one of their boys down the street. Like, hey, go 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 deep. Let me <laughs> let me try that. I guarantee you, there is at least a million five people, kids and adults, that tried that exact throw. I thought you said when you week. wanted to be Joe Burrow. I, I told Karen, my wife, I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my wardrobe like Joe Burrow. Now. Wow. No more jeans. For Can me. we call him Joe wow. Cool? Because that's my that'll you, you it gotta depends win one on first. your you got to win one. And it, I think it always de- it's gonna depend on your generation too. Because if I hear that in a football sense immediately to me that's Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. Yeah. Until further notice. Correct. 
So because he's got four, he's got four reasons to mm-hmm. be Joe Cool. Never threw a pick in a Super, in a Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> Never lost in a Super Bowl. He's Her- Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Early game Sunday is the 49ers at the Eagles, and of course the night cap the Bengals at the Chiefs. Look at I agree with you. This I'm I'm looking forward to both these games. I'm fascinated. And the NFL dodged a little bit of a bullet as we wrap up this segment where they are playing that game in Kansas City. Um, but Art Rooney mm. came out today okay. and said uh, he hates the idea of the discussion that the league's going to move conference championship games to neutral sites. And at first blush, I'm like, well, they didn't have to do it. It was just a precaution based on a one-off situation. But you do over the Super Bowl. I understand that. But then I'm thinking to myself, Art Rooney doesn't offer a comment like that if his ownership brethren aren't starting to talk about it. Yep. Like he doesn't just well, kind of randomly say, you know what else I'm thinking? The, the, where, there's, where, let's see, where there's smoke, there's fire. How, how about this? How about an owner that doesn't have a talk show and only opens his mouth when it really needs when to it be mean, open? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How refreshing of, of, of a quote is that? Apparently, there's been conversations about this since this was a topic this postseason. Lamar Hunt was pushing for that for a long time. For a long time. For neutral site conference championship games. Says the guy who's about to host his fifth straight at home. Well, he's no longer with us, but... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. it, okay. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. His team is. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I just look at it and we, we talk, I mean, we know what makes the NFL go around. Yes. Right. You know, we talked about it. You know, you, 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 Story play, lines. you play exhibition Story games lines. at the start of the season. You go international games. Yeah. And we already know where the international sites are next year. And they're yes. going to add more if they can. Yes. And, you know, obviously the Super Bowl and what that all entails and how they're trying to keep the Pro Bowl alive, all these things that they're doing. And if there is a way. Mm-hmm to take these games out of home stadiums and put them in neutral sites. I don't like it. And I hate it. And increase the revenue. Like I don't like it. Increase the revenue, though. Can you see 32 owners voting no to that, though? They have to have 70-some-odd percent. They've got to have to 24. To prove anything. They've got to have 24. 24. So whatever the percentage of th- – yeah. 24. Mm-hmm. 24 owners. 24. Got to say yes. 24 owners. You see them saying – No. Mike, listen. As a former player, it was everything – why else would you play so hard all year? Yeah. You play to get that advantage at the end of the season, mm-hmm. to be able to have that opportunity to go to a Super Bowl and have to go through your home stadium to do it. That's the greatest home field advantage in the world in all the sports to me. That's greater than home, uh, home ice, is greater than home court in basketball, or even home field in, in baseball. It's, it's so unique to the NFL because it's one and done. One and done. One you and get done. one game at yeah. your stadium, and you get all the emotion, all the energy you get to feed off of. Yep. You get your own routine. You get to do everything that you normally do in your own stadium, and you know that feel like the back of your hand. As we wrap this up, hmm. Your NFC Championship game. Yeah. Eagles travel to here to play the Cardinals. Yes. If that game was in San Diego, would it have been the same outcome? No. No, it would not. I guarantee you, listening to that stadium, like I've never had a stadium that loud in all my life. I've never been in a stadium with that much energy, that electric, and with that much noise and just – you could, it was tangible, Mike. You could feel it. You mm-hmm. could feel the energy in that stadium – and I'm telling you, all things considered, we do not beat the Philadelphia Eagles if we don't have to if we don't get that game at home. What was the locker room like at halftime? Larry gets the three first half touchdowns. You know, you hit the big couple of big plays. We were up, we were up pretty good. We felt good about our chances, but we knew that this team was going to make a run. 
They had Donovan at quarterback. Yeah. They had Westbrook. They yeah. had Deshaun Jackson yeah. was up and coming. They had a lot of weapons, and we knew that they could score quickly. So we didn't feel like the game was over. We were we knew we had to go out and, and still play. We couldn't take our foot off the gas. Felt good though. We felt. I mean, come yeah. on. Now. I mean, Larry had already scored three Let touchdowns. I mean, come on now. Yeah. And we, we, the way Kurt was was throwing that peel all around, I, you always knew you had a chance when Kurt was at the helm. And you had Larry on the outside going crazy like he had done all postseason all long. Postseason. That was one of the craziest yeah, runs yeah. I've ever seen. It, it's, to this day, in my opinion, it's still the best run by an individual player that we've seen in postseason the history. Larry, the Larry Fitzgerald postseason highlight yeah. film, real ridiculous. Yeah, you had a front row seat. Yeah, you know, and then the one with <laughs> Carson Palmer a couple years later. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I would liken one of the best highlight reels I've ever seen was Magic Johnson. You ever seen Magic Johnson's yeah, highlight reel? It's because you forget now that it's been so long, and you go back and watch it. Some of the crazy. stuff that he used to do, like the, the unreal, the the assist on the, on his bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, when you start looking at that, <laughs> it, why, did, it, why did these go two hours? I don't know. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, but no, I, I, and I, you know, obviously <laughs> home my, field advantage matters. Has to stay. My, and my perspective is different. But I was in the building. I had tickets when it was at Sun Devil Stadium, and mm. then to fast forward to that mm. as a Cardinals fan, yeah, you never. Never forget it. was an out-of-body experience. Never forget it. You hear the term grown men cry? Yep. There were people crying in the 400 level of that stadium. Never forget it. I'll never forget it, Mike. It'll it'll be forever one of my biggest highlights in all my life. All right, we'll step aside here on the other side. We'll take care of uh, some news and notes around the NFL, coaches and GMs and all kinds of stuff. Mm. That's coming up next on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Follow us on Twitter. At Train and Gross. Ooh, simple. Did you like that picture from last week? Uh, it, ooh. Yeah, that picture, we had to talk about that. We'll talk about that off air. I <laughs> mean, it, it looked like I tasted something extremely sour. I didn't even know I took it. I just sit there like when when, when you're doing dad jokes, I just click, click. Because yeah. usually you have on much better uh, attire than you have on right now. Easy. When, uh, Easy. when we're doing it. Uh, you know, your T-shirts or whatever, and, and people like to see those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just randomly was snapped. I got mm. that one. That, that was all you, man. Yeah. You posed it. I, look, I, <laughs> I don't know how you caught that moment in, I, at that time, but my gosh, I was like, boy, I, I look crazy. But and hey, it, we'll take it. it. We'll take it. NFL coaching uh, updates uh, as we record this mm. on the Thursday before the conference championship games. Yep. The five openings around the NFL, only one of them has been filled. Mm. Uh, Frank Reich goes to... The Carolina Panthers, uh, a guy that uh, had come here to Arizona for an interview. Uh, speaking of interviews, Sean Payton was in town today. There's pictures online if you want to confirm that fact. He and Michael Bidwell walking around the facility. Mm. Um, but other than that, no movement. Mm. And the question is becoming with Sean Payton, uh, is he going to be happy going back to the booth for another year and maybe waiting this out? Maybe he's done his tour. Maybe whatever he saw and heard about Russell Wilson and his uh, – office at the stadium in in uh in denver and and uh the film crew that follows them around and Mm -hmm. whatever the issues are and we talked about this a lot your hometown the texans is probably Mm. not something he wants to be part of Mm. uh the colts where the fans are putting a petition out that they want no part of jeff saturday as their head coach uh and then of course here the cardinals have been kind of quiet you know they've announced interviews but no movement no no uh no hires for the cardinals as we record this well the first thing they had to do was hire a gm and they did that and it was a little bit of a shock. I wasn't expecting uh, what they did and how they went about it. I, I really felt like two of my former teammates had real shots to get that job, and, and unfortunately they did not. 
uh, ultimately get the opportunity. But, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at the direction that they're going, they're, mm-hmm. they're going the Patriot way. Yep. And I think a lot of teams are starting to really look at the Patriots and their business model and how they do business. And they're starting to say, hey, we want to model ourselves after this organization because they've had sustained success for a long period of time and they seem to know what they're doing. And so plugging from that tree is is kind of the vogue thing to do mm-hmm. right now. Everybody wants to get a little bit of, of the Belichick magic and, and, and sprinkle it into their organization and see if they can find some, some of that success. Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris, of course, yes. the two gentlemen you're speaking of. And on the one hand, I get it, right? You know, you, you look at what they've meant and they've committed to the organization. But on the other hand, there's a school of thought out there that part of the problem with the Arizona Cardinals organization is it's been so ingrown for so long. Mm. Um, the last time they went outside the organization to hire a, a pure general manager, take Buddy Ryan out of it for a minute, because mm-hmm. that's when we had a winner in town. But mm. before that, um, it was like back in the 70s when, yeah. before they just went out inside somebody who had no attachment, no mm-hmm. ties mm-hmm. to this organization and brought them in. And, you know, I, I hate to say it for, for those two guys, but it's almost like guilt by association, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you, you've been here so long, therefore you might be part of the problem, so we can't move on with you. I, I just feel like when you start looking at those two young men who were teammates of mine and I have a lot of love and respect for, they represented something new and fresh. Yeah. Mike, they, they were different. It was a different approach if they were going to go in that direction. And I think for, for Michael Bidwell, it, it's the question that I would like to ask is, why not? Why not go with those guys? Yeah, they've been involved, but they hadn't been in positions to really make moves right. and make decisions that have cost this organization in recent history. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily have that blood on their hands, if you will, as far as that guilt by association uh, as, as making a decision. You just wonder why not? What, what did Mike know about them? Maybe he knew too much about them and, and maybe there was something that he just didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with as far as their personal relationship and and maybe they were too close maybe they knew too much who knows yeah but uh i hope it works out as a former cardinal mike i i i do root for this team i do hope they do well and i am disappointed i'm extremely disappointed for those two guys my former teammates but at the same time i'm going to support the new general manager and i hope that he can come in and do the job to build this roster and build the expectations within the organization to a level to where we've seen other organizations reach. And then uh, back to the Sean Payton question, and, and I, I struggle with this. On the one hand, when you see you know, the teams that are in the market for a head coach, you know, they're trying to figure this out, trying to make the right hire. You know, Brian Flores is out mm-hmm. there, and uh, Dan Quinn announced that he's going back to the Cowboys, so he's not in the mix here. There's anymore. no shortage of opportunities, Mike. Yeah, there, there's no shortage of opportunities, but again, my, my – I mean candidates, no shortage of candidates. Opportunity worthy. and candidates. Yes. But again, the, the question for me is specific to Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. He wants control, Mike. And he wants control. He wants a lot. Of, I don't care about the money. I care about the dra- – I'm stuck on the draft picks. I, I'm stuck because – this team mm-hmm. needs help. Yeah. This team needs help. Yes. And Sean Payton, he's got a fine, fine resume as a head coach. But you look at what you could get for the number three pick in the NFL draft, and I don't think you give that up for a coach. I think sometimes players 
they're more important than the coach. Mike, first of all, if you don't go and draft Will Anderson, I I don't know what to tell you. Like that 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 pick should already be in for the Cardinals. Like honestly, like when I look at Will Anderson, he is everything I want in an NFL player. He's he to me, he was a better version of of Hutchinson. And Hutchinson 100%. and Hutchinson turned out to be a really good pick for the Detroit Lions yeah. who are on their way, Mike. You know, you, you yeah, talked yeah. about them in the last segment. The the Detroit Lions are coming. They're coming in a hurry, too. So I just feel like with Will Anderson, he's a guy that's going to change a franchise's life overnight. Kind of, you know, and, and I look at Micah Parsons out with, the, with the Dallas Cowboys. He changed the whole perception of that defense by his play. And I think Will Anderson is every bit the type of generational player that Micah Parsons is, that if you let him go and you put him in the right situation and you just let him do what he does, I think he can wreak havoc immediately on any organization or any opposing organization that, that 100% he agree with on. you 100% agree with you that pick should already be in like they should already have filled it out like they should just worry about the second through sixth round because it, that should be a foregone conclusion. you talk about the evolution of how the NFL has grown and changed over the years like mm-hmm. running backs are devalued now where they mm-hmm. were prized possessions mm-hmm. in the past yeah you got your right or left tackle depending on who your quarterback is, and then your edge rusher edge right rusher. in this NFL. Yeah, absolutely. You got to go get him because you need one to protect the quarterback and you need one to go get, get the quarterback. quarterback. It's that simple. That's it. All right, that's a quick look at that. On the other side, mm. you know what we do. That's right. We got uh, pump the brakes uh-huh. and dad jokes. Let's do it. It's coming up next on Training Gross. <laughs> Welcome back in Train and Gross. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hold up. This is our driving music. Yeah. But you know what it means. It's time for uh, a little <laughs> pump the brake. Pump, 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 pump. I'm going to give you uh, some statements from around the world of sports. Yep. Maybe, maybe some pop culture. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes in those statements or if you're going to roll with it. Uh, you spoke about Charles Haley earlier. 49ers-Cowboys. We just saw the ninth NFL playoff game between those two teams, including moments like Dwight Clark's catch and so forth. Pump the brakes or not, that is the NFL's greatest rivalry. Long term, I'm not pumping the brakes. That is the best rivalry because there's so much history between both teams. Both have five Super Bowl wins. Yep. Both have multiple Super Bowl appearances in addition to that. And the names that are associated with those two organizations are some of the all-time greatest Mm -hmm. in all of the history of the game. So it's hard to find any other combination. Maybe if you throw in a Green Bay somewhere along the way, 20 years down the road, you'll have to look back and have to revisit Tom Brady and his impact and, yeah. and whoever they were, him and them and the Colts, the Patriots and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we look at that a little bit differently 10 years down the road. But right now, as it stands, it's easily the Cowboys and 49ers. It's, it's, what makes it that, I think, is every generation has their moments, right? Dwight Clark in the catch, I was really young. Then my years of growing up, you know, junior high, high school, and everything else, it was Aikman and, and Emmett and Against Montana going into Steve Young and everything Jerry else. Rice. And like you mentioned earlier, you got Pat Summerall and John Madden, oh, and it man. was just. Oh, and then classic. now, yeah, now you've had back-to-back years again with the 49ers and Cowboys. It feels like every generation's kind of had their moments with that particular rivalry. The Absolutely. 49ers website uh, before this game went out, and they they put like 40 pictures mm. from iconic matchups in this rivalry yeah and it goes back even further there's a picture of danny white oh yeah throwing a pass and, well danny white was part of the game in the catch and ironically enough though it seems like all the really great games <laughs> took took place at candlestick park they did 
Yeah, because you, know, you you see a lot of these pictures in those cowboy blues. Well, even the non even the non playoff moments. I mean, To running to the star and putting the hands out. You know what I mean? Emma they made you get so many moments. George with those Teague, two. Black, right. and To. Yeah. yeah. So gross. I'm assuming you're not. Pumping I, I'm the right there with it. Okay. You know, I'm looking at the catch right now. Yeah. Like Dwight Clark and. It, it's, yeah. it, it's. Is that the most iconic moment in football history? It's one of them. It's got to be. It's a it's a playoff game. It was the Niners getting over the hump. It's, you know, a great name. I mean, there's there's so many of them. I mean, there's... There's, there's Lynn Swan. There's the catch by Franco Harris. Yep, the kip. Uh, immaculate the, reception. Uh, immaculate trap. That's right. Um, trap. The, uh, wow. Wow. Still haven't gotten over it. Yeah. Rest in, wow. I can't do that now. My man just passed 50 away. years? Yeah. 50 years? We're still going to hold on to yeah. it? Okay. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them, but it's, it's definitely... Up there, for sure. That that's petty. Yeah. Wow. That, that that that's a petty that I strive to be. <laughs> Man just passed <laughs> a month ago. The immaculate drop. Hey, so the immaculate trap. Nothing against him. He was a fantastic <laughs> human being. But it, it, you know, there's no camera view shows him catching him. Just well, <laughs> um, <laughs> there isn't. Find me one. I mean. <laughs> You know? And I love you, Sean Crespin. <laughs> I can't even. I want to be you when I grow uh, up. But it, it's kind of true, though. Yeah. It's kind of true. You, hey, you if you're should. overturning a play in today's day and age, you got to see the ball. Right? Can you imagine, though? I, I asked somebody the question. We were talking about this. Can you imagine if that game was played in, in 2020, 2021, 2022? Yeah. Like, there would be 9,000 different angles of super slow-mo. Oh, you see every and, single thing. You know, yeah. what, whatever it was. Right. Like, that's why... Well, and that rivalry wasn't bad either. You think Steelers-Raiders, that was kind of before my time. That was 70s into the early 80s. Yeah, what but was that state? They played a lot of AFC title games. Nothing but games. playoff games. Absolutely. Yeah. But the thing about that is, to your point, Mike, the three words that would have been uttered and been so prevalent in that is after further review. Yeah, exactly. Further the, review. Yep, there wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't even be a big moment because it would have just been another replay review and we would have seen it and got it right. And would have taken eight what minutes. What makes the immaculate reception so, right. yeah. I see how you, I see how you <laughs> said that in that. I love you, Sean. What Chris. makes the immaculate reception so great is the unknown. You know? uh -huh. so, uh, anyway, I, a tremendous rivalry, 49ers-Cowboys. Uh, at least the good guys won this. You past did that weekend. to yourself. You brought that on heat to yourself. Because yeah. <laughs> nobody had said anything about Steelers and Raiders. You brought that on. The uh, the new imagined Pro Bowl games <laughs> made for TV event. Okay. It's gonna have. Uh, it's, it's replacing that awful excuse of football that we've been watching the last few years. But uh -huh. the games are going to include dodgeball, precision passing, long drive contests, as well as some flag football games. Are we pumping the brakes or not on watching the new Imagine Pro Bowl game? Ain't watching it, so what is that about? You're pumping the brakes? <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm tuning in. I Listen, I, I, as a guy that played in the Pro Bowl, and I don't, I don't use that term loosely. I'm not trying to one-up you guys. But yeah. I took great pride in my Pro Bowl, and we played that game out to win. We didn't play it all the way out as far as 100% effort. But we played it the right way. Right. And there was drama back and forth. I think there was a lead change at some point in the game. And guys actually cared about the outcome because you start tallying up the bill at the end from how much money you spent. You spent. How, much, how many people. <laughs> and the winner used to get more cash, right? You, the loser got half of what the winner got. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. you start collecting. <laughs> you start counting them out like, wait, wait a minute. Might need to go out here and get this thing done. You get to like the third quarter like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot. I forgot Checked about. Checked out of the hotel before you came to the stadium. Hey, You're like, I, son I, of them. I forgot about Aunt June and them, you know, and their bill. <laughs> yeah, right. You get the American Express pop up on your phone during the game. Oh, on the shit. Apple Watch. Like, oh, hey, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, 
coach, put me back in. I can score on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much would it cost to get you to go play a flag football game? Um, flag football uh, depends on what position you ask me to play. Because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, now. I mean, look, I would rather them just have the recognition yeah. and have a, a big award banquet somewhere nice. Go back to Hawaii and do the award ceremony Yeah, that's not there. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Have an award ceremony, but you don't have to play well, a game. You guys talked about the, the game mo- is antiquated. You talked about the money earlier when it comes to potential neutral site conference championship games. That's really what this is. They need something to put on TV. Yeah. They need something to put on yeah, TV. Yeah, too many because, sponsors. Because what you're saying is, is right. Go honor the players. Go give them their moment right amongst your peers. They earned it. They earned it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in front of, you know, Joe football junkie like myself. And if you need to do but it. But they need to put something on TV. And honestly, the NFL can afford it. They should do it. Yeah, Cough yeah. up the money and honor the, right. the greats in your game. We Don't say that cheap. all the time. Like, yeah. you shake the sofa cushions in New York and pay for that. Right. Come on, man. But, you know, if you're going to do it, like, do it right. Don't do Or if you if you feel the need to have some kind of weekend, don't do a fake. I almost. Don't do flag football, whatever. Like, go back to this. Talk about the 70s. Go back. What was that show called on ABC? The. the Wide world of sports. Yeah, but the all-star superstars, the TV people, yeah. you know, like NFL versus the, uh, yeah, whatever. Go something. bowling, go whatever. Well, Don't do kinda, any football. That's kind of what they're doing. Right. I mean, so cut dodgeball, the football long part. drive. Fine, I mean, fine, all, all that, that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, words from Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay today. Quote: mm. When asked what impresses you about the Bengals' offense, my man said, "Quote nothing." Now the Bengals players all week have been talking about. They're going to go play a game in Burrowhead Stadium this week because he's 3-0 in that stadium. Wow. So pump the brakes or not, us in the media make too much about quote-unquote bulletin board material. Uh, yeah, you put, you make too much about it. Uh, I, I think that that's good for like all the way up until kickoff. And then once you kick the ball off, mm-hmm. you got to go play to win. Right. You're playing for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Now, the thing that makes the Kansas City Chiefs so impressive is that this is their fifth straight it's annoying. AFC it's not, championship it's game impressive. that they're hosting. It's annoying as hell. You've had to go through Kansas City since before COVID. Think about that. Well, let, let that sink in yeah. and, for a and, second. You, know, you go back to some, some of the moments where they lost some of those games, too. A last, this is big. A last second. To these Bengals, it was a last drive a interception, goal, right? Tom uh, Brady with the offsides. With D4, the offsides. D4, D4. If he doesn't jump offsides, you beat the, they would have won four out of five. He cost himself two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. I use that with my guys all the time. Don't be offsides. You beat D4. You lose right. two Super Bowl rings yeah. from one offsides. And he's more he, a tremendous player. And now when you bring up that name, most people think of that moment. You know? Absolutely. Awful. Gross. Five straight. Five straight. Five straight. Bulletin board. We make too much of bulletin board material? Well, doing what we do, it's great, right? Because yeah. you could talk about it. So as a non-player, I don't know. But I can't imagine, as well as I know you, and I don't think you were, like, getting ready to mail it into a game. Then all of a sudden you heard something from the Eagles that said, <laughs> well, damn, I think I'll show well, up playing this playing. game. Yeah. I wasn't going to really play, right. but now I'm going to because somebody said something to the Inquirer. <laughs> I so, love it, though. So let me say this. If uh, you need bulletin board material, you're in the wrong Yeah, game. Yeah. It's the AFC slash NFC championship game. Right. It's an opportunity to go play in the biggest game in your sport. You ever use it on the field, though? Did you ever hear something outside you bring it to the field talking trash? I used everything. <laughs> if you said anything, I was using You're it. You're going to hear it? I was the smallest, pettiest guy you'll ever find. I never I started an argument, but I finished everything. You were the Sean Cressman of your era. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's this, right. though. Willie Gay, what impresses you about the Bengals' offense? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a dig. I mean, I just feel like, you know, 
I love he, it. He just doesn't want to give them props. Like, he Nothing. doesn't want to say, hey, these guys are good. He's like, eh, you know, they beat us by three the last two times. So it's not like they've been blown out. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? All right, last one real quick. Yeah, do it. we got to move. Um, you guys know I like my polls. Come There's a, a poll that asks. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We gotta rephrase that. You polls, do. like we we poll the community there on their go. thoughts. Yeah, right. Okay. So I like that. I like those. I'm gonna right. give you the clap. <laughs> <laughs> we polled our, our the community. Um, <laughs> people were asked how they like to eat their fast food French fries. Oh, this caught me off guard. Okay. Forty nine percent of people say they eat them as they are, with no dipping sauce whatsoever. Pump the brakes or not. You don't dip your fries in ketchup or something? I don't dip my fries. Nothing? Nothing. No, I don't dip I don't dip at all. No 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 nothing. ranch? Nothing. No Oh, definitely no ranch. No ketchup? No, nothing. It, to me, I'm I'm at a stage in my life. I am not just buying anybody's fries. So right. the fries that I buy, I know what I'm getting. Okay. You, you you go to Raising Cane's ever? No. Never? No. That sauce is, I mean, you got to put you gotta put that sauce on. See that? The, the, the breaded chicken? No, can't do it. See, I, Hang on I a hold second. up on the bread. I know chicken. that we all go to Chick-fil-A because we talk about the lemonade and how oh, amazing yeah, it is. You don't dip in the Chick-fil-A sauce. You know, take a fry. And you... I mean, look, I got a drawer here that is full of Chick-fil-A <laughs> Sauces. The sauce left over. I got. You're not even using it. What, what do you need? You, you, you need, you <laughs> need you barbecue. Need? What do you, you need? need? You need sriracha. I got you. You need barbecue. <laughs> I got you. So I'm all about sauce, but I ain't dipping my fries. Gross. Forty nine percent. Are you amongst the forty nine percent? B train is. I could live in either world. I'm gonna be completely what? honest with you because if you get some really good, warm, crispy. Yeah, they don't little, need it. A little I'll, bit of salt. I'll they don't need no, it. Waffle fries from Chick-fil-A don't need it. Now, that okay, that's a decent argument because those do not. But I do love me some ketchup. Yeah. I don't get the ranch for fries myself. Not no. either. My daughters do it. Yeah, a lot of people do. We knew that. Um, or mustard. Some people do no mustard. mustard. No thanks. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue like, sauce. Depends you know, but on the barbecue now, sauce. You know, if you get the if you get to the point where they're not like really crisp, like yeah. okay, dress them up a this, little bit. This like, one caught me up quite. A bit. So in this in this survey, forty nine percent say they don't dip it in anything. Thirty nine percent said ketchup, but two percent said no salt, nothing. No, no, you got to have a light, light. How do you not have salt on your French fry? Hit that. Hold up. Yeah, right. Wait. Wait. Yeah. Finish it Wait. off. Thank you. Uh, yeah, sometimes uh, if they overdo the salt, like it, too much, like yeah. you tell like the dude's just like mad. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. But it's <laughs> yeah. got to have the right amount of salt. The guy's just mad. He's on salt, dude. He's salty. He's on salt, dude. Uh-oh. He's making him work overtime. We don't overtime. need a dad joke now. The, the some... There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That was your dad joke of the week. It's like all I'll these, be here all week. It's like all these purdy jokes with uh, wow. with the quarterback in San Francisco. Yeah. Wow. He's purdy good. Wow. He's big Brock. Big Brock. <laughs> wow. That's your pump the brakes. Though. That's your pump right. the brakes. Yeah, and we gotta get out of here. Uh, but we can't get out of here, obviously, without B Train's dad joke of the week. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. We, we usually when he starts giggling before he's even giving it to us, it's usually a pretty good uh, joke. Uh, no matter what, there is a grading system. Uh-huh. You're gonna hear that regardless. It's a good dad joke. I mean, the laughter. It's above and beyond. You get this sound. And if it's uh, every, every once in a while, it just doesn't land. And usually, Gross looks at me and says, hit that one, and then I hit it. Yeah. That's what happens. All right, here we go. So I got one, and then I'm going to follow up with another one. Okay. But, but this one is the one that I'm, I'm putting the official. out there. I, okay. know it, I know that this is going to hit. All right, <clears throat> what did the blanket say as it fell off the bed? What did the blanket say? <laughs> oh, sheet. 
That one gets that one. I like that one. Well done, B Train. <laughs> oh sheep. Oh my bad. <laughs> what, what's the backup one? Oh, so the other one is, did you hear the rumor about butter? No. You know what? I, never mind, I'm not gonna spread it. Wow. <laughs> be doing his homework. That's a twofer. <laughs> That's a twofer tonight on oh, the Oh sheet. <laughs> Uh, if, if people don't just wait around for that, yeah. Yeah, people just scrub to the end, you know, in the little bar oh, there. Yeah. Scrub to the end. That's going to do it for episode 94 of Train and Gross. Don't yeah. forget, follow us on Twitter at Train and Gross. Try to put up a better picture this week. <laughs> yeah. Like last week's picture. You uh, would. Yeah. It wasn't of you. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll holler.